0: Ashling's UN Insights, a weekly look at the work of the United Nations. Welcome to Ashling's UN Insights. Having recently returned from an internship at the United Nations headquarters in New York, and with my family growing weary of my constant yammering on about it, I've decided to pass on what I learnt to you lovely listeners. The UN is heralding the 2020s as their decade of action. So what exactly is it that they're working on? This week, we're looking at Sustainable Development Goal number 10, entitled Reduced Inequalities. This Sustainable Development Goal aims to reduce inequality within and among countries. This includes goals to empower and promote the social, economic and political inclusion of all and achieve and sustain income growth for the bottom 40% of the population at a rate higher than the national average. SDG 10 also aims to ensure equal opportunity and reduce inequalities of outcome by eliminating discriminatory laws, policies and practices and promoting the adoption of fiscal, wage and social protection policies. The UN also aimed to improve the monitoring and regulation of global financial markets and institutions, increase the representation of low-income countries in decision-making in global, international, economic and financial institutions and facilitate migration and the mobility of people through well-managed migration policies. The UN hope to achieve this through a variety of methods, such as encouraging financial flows, such as foreign direct investment, to countries that need it most, as long as it is in line with, rather than disruptive to, their national plans and programmes, and reducing the transaction costs of migrant remittances to less than 3%. The UN also emphasised that robust financial systems are essential to facilitate equal access to financial services. So, how close are we to achieving these goals? Well, inequality still exists in all its forms, and the COVID-19 pandemic is exacerbating these inequalities both within countries and between them. Before the pandemic, there was some income growth for the bottom 40% of the population, but in the 90 countries with comparable data, that 40% still received less than 25% of the overall income, whilst the top 10% received at least 20% of the total income, and around 1 in 5 people in the 31 countries analysed between 2014 and 2019 had experienced discrimination on at least one ground prohibited by international human rights law. Additionally, as of September 2019, Of the 111 countries with available data, 54% reported having a wide range of policies to facilitate the orderly, safe, regular and responsible migration and mobility of people outlined in SDG 10. However, it was much higher in Central and Southern Asia at 80% and Latin America and the Caribbean at 79%, compared to the 33% of countries in Oceania, Northern Africa and Western Asia. Unfortunately, although the General Assembly and the World Trade Organization use a one member, one vote system, the World Bank does not. And despite changes to the World Bank in 2018, low income countries will still only have 40% of the voting rights, despite representing 75% of the members of the World Bank in terms of numbers of countries. The proportion of products exported by low income countries that could enter the international market free of duty. Did increase slightly from 2017 to 2018, which is a positive. And in 2018, total resource flows for development to low-income countries amounted to around 271 billion US dollars, although this was a large decline from the 414 billion US dollars in 2017. COVID-19 has highlighted global inequalities within and between countries, as the most vulnerable groups have been hit the hardest. There is clearly still a long way to go to continue to reduce inequalities within and between countries, but this must be incorporated into national plans to build back better after the pandemic. The scope of the United Nations is huge, since there are many departments tackling different global issues. So each week I'm shining the spotlight on one department and looking at the work that they do. This week I want to look at the Division for Inclusive Social Development, within the Department of Economic and Social Affairs. The goal of the division is to strengthen international cooperation for social development, specifically achieving social inclusion and reducing inequalities. They also aim to do this through fostering effective policies and encouraging more global dialogue on social development issues. Social issues encompass a wide range of topics, But the Division for Inclusive Social Development are particularly focusing on increasing international cooperation in the areas of poverty eradication, employment generation in productive employment and decent work, and the social inclusion and integration of older persons, youth, family, persons with disabilities, indigenous peoples, persons marginalised from society, and development. They state that this is necessary in order to build a secure, just, free and harmonious global society which offers opportunities and high standards of living for all. In order to achieve this goal, the Division monitors national and global socio-economic trends, identifies emerging issues and assesses their implications for social policy at the national and international levels. The Division for Inclusive Social Development promotes international standards and norms in line with the Sustainable Development Goals and contributes to international discussions on social issues at the United Nations, for example, at the Conference of State Parties to the Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities and the United Nations Permanent Forum on Indigenous Issues. There was only one International Day this week. These days aim to raise awareness of a particular global issue and if any of these topics really pique your interest, then I encourage you to look into them further, as that is exactly the aim of declaring international days in this way. Monday the 20th of July was World Chess Day. The UN recognises chess as a global game which promotes fairness, inclusion and mutual respect, as it is an affordable and inclusive activity that can be played by all regardless of language, age, gender, physical ability or social status. Chess is therefore seen as contributing to an atmosphere of tolerance and understanding as other sports, arts and physical activities do too. This year specifically, the UN highlights how throughout history, games and sports have helped humanity to survive times of crisis by reducing anxieties and improving mental health. And over the past few months, interest in chess has increased with many chess games being held online. So... What has been discussed at the UN this week? As before, if any of the things I mentioned particularly catch your attention, then you can hop on the UN Web TV website and watch the meetings in full. On Monday, there was the global launch of the Future Possibilities Report. The report provides guidelines on how governments can prepare to build back better after the COVID 19 pandemic. The report focuses on six transformational trends. The first is the exabyte economy, which considers the impact of continued technological advancements on the economy, then the circular economy, whereby recycling and upcycling is becoming more mainstream, and an increased interest in physical and mental well being that can contribute to a well being economy. The report also discusses a shift from consumption to a desire for experiences which are driving an experience economy, and the challenges and opportunities of a net zero carbon dioxide emissions economy and the impact of scientific breakthroughs on the biotech economy. On Tuesday, there was a multi-stakeholder hearing about accelerating the realisation of gender equality and the empowerment of women and girls. They discussed the progress of the last 25 years. For example, many countries have reached gender parity in educational enrollment, and the global maternal mortality ratio has decreased significantly. But they also discussed the areas where progress has been slow or has stalled. For example, women and girls are disproportionately responsible for unpaid care and domestic work. Women are more likely than men to live in extreme poverty. And violence against women and girls in the public and private spheres remains pervasive. They also spoke about the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on women and girls. On Friday, the Security Council discussed the impact of climate change on international peace and security. And throughout the week, there were also meetings about the situation in Syria, Palestine and the Middle East more generally. That's all from me for now, but join me next week for more UN insights and news. See you then! Ashley's UN Insights. A weekly look at the work of the United Nations.